your idiot league mates don't put the work in like you're doing right now, okay? They overlook tons of players in fantasy that they say are boring, that don't score 54 touchdowns in a season. Just because they're not spicy doesn't mean they don't spice up your lineup, right? Today, we are going over 10 players that your idiot league mates are going to overlook in 2022 fantasy drafts, but you should not. Let's tuck our shirts in. Let's stop yelling and let's eat. So we've got a big list here, 10, I don't know, maybe nine or 12. I don't, I actually didn't really count to be honest with you. The first couple guys are more higher up players that are drafted in the earlier ish rounds. I think we start in the third round, but after that, we want to go a little bit deeper. And obviously if your league mates are not drafting them, they're dropping an ADP. The first few guys are guys that are dropping outside of the, like the early, early parts of the draft that I think are not warranted. There's no reason for the drop off. And the first guy on this list is Mr. Nicholas Chubb. RB13 in drafts right now, getting drafted in the beginning of the third round. After his rookie year, and every year since that, he has finished as, in half PPR points per game, the RB9, the RB5, and the RB8. It feels kind of silly fading him, man, and now that Watson is probably not playing, he doesn't have the upside to go crazy and score like 16 touchdowns in a year because the offense would obviously run a lot more smoothly, but with Jacoby Brissett under center, they're going to have to rely on Nick Chubb to take you know, 20 to 25 carries a game. Like that's what their offense is going to be. And PFF just ranked the Cleveland offensive line number two in the NFL entering the year. So those five yards per carry, 5.4 yards per carry, 5.6 yards per carry that he has continuously averaged year over year over year over year over year won't change. Okay. Nick Chubb ain't changing. Nick Chubb is a guy that you, unlike your league mates, should not be overlooking, you know, in the mid to back half of the second round. The fade on Chubb has gone too far. Same thing with Scary Terry. Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver in Washington, is going overlooked. People have started to look at this guy as a boring pick that will never hit his ceiling because of the quarterback play that he continues to be acclimated with. Now, for the same reason that I love Michael Pittman this year, Matt Ryan replacing Carson Wentz, I equally like the upgrade from Heineke to Wentz as I do from Wentz to Matt Ryan. And that should say a lot, okay? I just haven't seen a lot of people get really excited to draft Terry McLaurin this year. Well, guess fucking what? I am. I will put y'all on my bike and we will get excited about Terry McLaurin. I know we said we weren't going to yell, but we're going to yell. We're going to yell. We're going to yell for Terry. Terry! Terry had 33 deep targets last year. 33. Top five in the NFL. He caught just 11 of them. But guess what? He had zero drops. None of them were his fault. That means two-thirds of the deep targets he got last year, and we know how good of a deep target he is, two-thirds of them were either uncatchable or thrown poorly into really contested situations. Terry, on that part, caught seven contested deep targets last year, number one in the NFL. There was nothing more that this man can do, okay? Wentz is whatever he is at this point. You can you can say whatever you want about him, but go take a look at playerprofiler.com and go look at Wentz's statistics on the bottom, and I'll tell you what, they weren't good except for one thing his deep ball completion rate number six in the nfl among quarterbacks 43.3 percent say what you want about carson wentz but he has always had a pretty deep ball and there ain't nothing prettier than a pretty deep ball thrown to pretty terry i think terry mclaurin with the quarterback upgrade quietly blasts off this year while everyone is finally sleeping on him
after Terry, we've got a slew of wide receivers going much later in drafts than the first two guys that we talked about. We have Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones, the two wide receivers for the Jacksonville Jaguars. These are going to be the clear one and two. I'm not even projecting that. I've listened to a lot of beat reporter stuff from the Jacksonville camp, and those are the two running with the ones, without a doubt. Kirk's on the one when it's two wide receivers. He goes into the slot when it's three wide receivers, so he will be on the field all the time. Same thing with Marvin Jones. Uh, it's very obvious that LaVisca just ain't it. DJ Chark wasn't it, which is why they shipped him off to, or they let him go. He's in Detroit now. And more importantly, Urban Meyer is finally gone, right? So Christian Kirk caught the bag this offseason. Marvin Jones, for all intents and purposes, like was the bag for the Jacksonville Jaguars receiving core last year. Over 120 targets last year. That's some serious fucking dough he was getting. Now, Christian Kirk, obviously coming in as the wide receiver one, getting all that money. He's like a 10th, 11th round pick. Marvin Jones has fallen all the way to this, like the 17th round. I think the way this offense sets up, I don't think it's going to be a good offense, but it's going to be a lot more pass heavy than it was last year. They don't have James Robinson right now to lean on. I don't know what his status is with his Achilles. Apparently he's like back at practicing. I don't trust that shit for anything. I also don't trust that he will actually be the James Robinson. Even if he's on the field by like week one, week two, week three, I don't think he's James Robinson of the past. I think it probably zaps his explosion level and uh and they just don't lean on him and Travis Etienne like I love Travis Etienne but I love him from a pass catching standpoint he's a good runner but he's a, he's not a guy that you lean on to to carry the ball 22 times a game James Robinson's more of a bruiser in between the tackles guy that has a lot of shake and bake to his game Travis Etienne is a weapon a pass catcher that can also carry the rock so I think this team overall flips the script on the way that they were playing last year from an offensive you know run rate pass rate standpoint with Urban Meyer finally out of there so these two guys are not league winners by any means but some Someone's going to catch. Someone's going to get a lot of targets in this offense, right? And I've talked about Evan Ingram. I like him, but I don't sit here like consciously thinking that he's going to be a breakout candidate. I think the odds, when you look at the spectrum of one of the guys here breaking out and being attached to Trevor Lawrence, you like to sprinkle your chips around a little bit, okay? So these guys will both not go crazy, but they're both going to outperform their ADP, right? And I think Kirk has some real actual upside here to see 120, 130 targets in the slot this year for Jacksonville. So don't sleep on that, man. Also, do not sleep on Christopher Olave, the wide receiver, the rookie that was drafted top 15 by the New Orleans Saints. Now, the reason that your your idiot league mates are not excited about him, they're overlooking Chris Olave, is because the other wide receivers in this draft class were exciting. You got big-ass Drake London going in as a clear wide receiver one Atlanta, first wide receiver off the board. You have the more exciting, explosive Garrett Wilson, the other OSU wide receiver who most people think is better than Chris Olave, so he gets overshadowed that way. You got the fucking robot-looking Traylon Burks. You got Jameson Williams running a fucking 4-2-3-40. You have a lot of players with a lot of elite attributes to their name where Chris Olave doesn't have that on paper. And the more I think about Chris Olave, the more I like the odds of him being the best rookie wide receiver in this year's class statistically right out of the gate, okay? And I think Olave, unlike what I just said for Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones, has real fantasy upside. I'm talking, you know, top 20, dare I say like top 15, top 16 fantasy wide receiver upside by the end of the year. This guy can run routes all over the field. He is about as crispy as you're going to find a rookie wide receiver in this year's draft class. You look at Matt Harmon's reception perception for him, 90th percentile against man, 93rd against press, 80th against zone. And the outlook for the Saints this year, their offense is bleak, man. We, we don't know what's going on with Kamara, but they've got the video evidence of the fight, likely facing a suspension. Who knows if Michael Thomas is ever going to be back from his fucking two-year high ankle sprain. I don't know what's going on there. They don't have a tight end to catch passes. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, They signed Jarvis Landry, who I actually think probably deserves to be on this list a little bit, too. I would draft a little bit of him. Um, But Olave is is much more upside than a guy like Jarvis Landry. Olave is awesome on the outside. He is awesome down the field. He could be and probably will be immediately this team's deep threats. And we've seen Jameis go fuck it and chuck it, man. We've seen fantasy goodness come even when Jameis is bad. When he throws it down the field, things happen, and Olave's going to be the guy that he's throwing the ball down the field to. Love Olave. Really like Tyler Boyd as well. Wide receiver for Cincinnati. I was completely off Boyd last year. I thought his like seventh round price was way too high, given like exactly what Cincinnati told us they felt about Tyler Boyd. T. Higgins was coming off a breakout rookie year. They just drafted Jamar Chase with a really, really premium pick in the NFL draft. It was clear that they saw Tyler Boyd as the wide receiver three in this offense, but he was being drafted like the upside was real here when it never really was. But now you're getting to draft Tyler Boyd where he should have been basically drafted last year, and you'll get that value from him, man. I expect this offense to be much quicker pace. They started off slow last year because Joe Burrow was coming into the year with an ACL tear. They didn't want to get him hurt, even though they almost fucking did because their offensive line was shit. They went super run heavy, right? But now they have an upgraded offensive line, which means they're going to be able to stay on the field more. They're going to have more offensive plays. They're going to run hurry up more with Joe Burrow, way more comfortable and two years removed from the ACL tear. Joey Buckets is going to be slinging the fucking ball around this year, a much, much higher rate. We got some tweets from homies on uh, on Twitter. Tyler Boyd was the wide receiver 27 in points and points per game from week eight on last season. During that span, the Bengals improved their pass volume, climbing to eighth in neutral script pass rate. He's currently being drafted as a wide receiver 52. You have Andrew Erickson hitting us with the Boyd finished as a top 36 receiver last season as many times as T. Higgins. Nine times. Boyd, one of two wide receivers that finished as a wide receiver one in at least 19% of their games last year with an out with an ADP outside of the top 50. All right. Boyd is like an 11th, 12th round pick this year, and he's probably going to give you 100 targets. His route participation last year, 94.9%, just the percentage of pass plays that the Bengals had that Tyler Boyd was on the field running a route for. That was number nine in the NFL. Okay. So since he has thrown the ball, Boyd is on the field. All right. Realistically, this is what it comes down to. He's an above average wide receiver in an above average offense with an improved offensive line and a way above average quarterback. This shit don't have to be hard. Neither does drafting Jacoby Myers after your league mates fade this man. Jacoby Myers, a wide receiver in New England. He is literally legitimately one of the better separators in the entire league. And I'm not saying that to be hyperbolic or dramatic or for clicks or whatever. You've already clicked and come onto the video. And if you're enjoying it thus far, we are dropping videos just like this literally every single day of the summer. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. But this man has been inside like the top five to 10 separation metrics for like two straight years now. Total route wins, route win rate, routes versus man, win rate. Like this guy is a really fucking good separator. That type of separation led to 126 targets and 83 catches last year on one of the league's most run-heavy offenses. That is so hard to do. In order to get a volume spot like that, 83 catches in a run-heavy offense, you have to like monopolize the target on your team. 
You have to you have to be so much better than the weapons around you, okay? And they bring in a few uh, offseason weapons, right? They bring in Devontae Parker. They bring in Taquan Thornton. Taquan Thornton's a blazer. He's also a rookie. Devontae Parker's an outside guy. Both of those guys are outside guys, where Jacoby Myers is primarily a slot guy. Number 11 last year in slot snaps in the NFL. I mean, top 20 in targets, number 16 in receptions. He only had two touchdowns. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to drag this into like the DJ Moore realm where we're just like, he's going to have more touchdowns just because for no fucking reason, right? With no context behind it. But Myers was legitimately a good PPR play last year without any touchdowns. Legitimately good without the wide receiver scores, okay? And he's getting drafted outside of the top 130 picks. And I'm in on Myers this year. Your league mates won't be, which is why you should be as well as being in on Jalen Tolbert, the rookie third round wide receiver for Dallas. If you don't play in Dynasty, there's probably no chance that you know who Jalen Tolbert is. Thus, that probably makes you the idiot league mate here. Tolbert's a rookie coming out of South Alabama, which is why you've probably never heard of him. But we have Michael Gallup almost definitely starting on the pup list. We have Amari Cooper gone. We have Cedric Wilson gone. There's a very real chance that this third round rookie who I've come to Adam Thielen, I think he has an all around game where he can separate, he can win on the outside, inside, whatever. I think there's a real chance that he is the wide receiver too in this offense to start the year. This is a very fast paced offense, a very pass heavy offense as well. He might back his way into one of the best rookie seasons statistically this year. Okay. Matt Ryan, not a rookie, the opposite of a rookie probably closer to dead than being a rookie. Sorry, Matt. I love you. Love you for your time in Atlanta, but it's the fucking truth. He's in Indianapolis now. He is going to be so much better in Indy than he was in Atlanta the last couple of years. The situation is too good to fail. He has a real offensive line to block for him now. He has a real run game in which the play action can can work for him now, okay? That's one of the things with these older quarterbacks. Like You're not able to make plays on your own as much because you're not as physically talented anymore. You need things like play action to open up the field for you, and he will have that in Indianapolis. I'm looking at Phillip Rivers, who was like, like the way that people talk about Big Ben last year with his arm just falling off is how like Phillip Rivers was with his last year in Indianapolis. The guy went for like 4,200 yards passing and 25 touchdowns, 24 touchdowns, whatever. I think Matt Ryan ends the year with 43 to 4,400 passing yards, 28 to 30 passing touchdowns this year. If you look at ADP right now, basically on any site, paid drafts, non-paid drafts, best ball, whatever, Jameis, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, all going before Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan is going to out outplay those guys this year statistically, but I think he's going to be close to the Kirk Cousins and the Derek Carrs when it comes to stats. So Matt Ryan's an easy, he's a guy that I'm going to have a ton of as my quarterback too in super flex leagues this year. I'll be drafting him at quarterback 18, 19, 20 all fucking day. Also like Mr. Zach Ertz, another older player. I've talked about him a lot this offseason, so I won't go into too much depth, but everyone thinks Zach Ertz is old. No one really cares about Zach Ertz anymore, but he was dominant from a volume standpoint at the end of last year. Only Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews averaged more targets per game and receptions per game when he came over to Arizona and towards the end of the season. So that 10-game sample size, he was not at their level, but volume-wise, he was the next tier of tight ends, and no one else was close to him. Now you have DeAndre Hopkins suspended six games. You have Christian Kirk out of there, Chase Edmonds out of there. They're going to need weapons to throw the ball to, and Zach Ertz, by default, is probably the number two in this offense because of it behind Hollywood Brown. So those are 9, 10, 12 players that your idiot league mates refuse to draft or they're going to overlook this year that you should not. We have Nick Chubb, Terry McLaurin, Christian Kirk, and Marvin Jones, Chris Olave, Tyler Boyd, Jacoby Myers, Jalen Tolbert, Matt Ryan, Zachary. So we got 11 of them. Fuck it. We gave you one for a bonus. That's all we got for you today. All right. If you enjoyed the video, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button and make sure you go check out the big dog. Bye. BigDogBash.com. Join the Discord. I will see y'all in tomorrow's video. I love you. I'm out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.